pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. I'm Welcome to One Life Left. We're a video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran, and I just heard Anne give the instructions to our guest. She's really distilled down she? to don't bang, don't swear. <laughs> Keep your hands we've, we've had two incidents in the show's <laughs> illustrious history. One involved uh, a bang, the other involved a swear. Don't do it. Hi, I'm Simon Byron. Hello, and I'm Anne Scantlebury. Don't bang, don't swear. Should I say, yeah. We're a video game radio show. We talk about video games and we don't bang and we <laughs> don't swear. Well, we did bang once and we did swear once, but we Didn't don't talk well. about those. I was pretty glum when I arrived, Steve. I'll have to be honest with you. It's been a it week. was just me and Anne upstairs and we were like... And then Darren, Darren yeah, Wall from Read, Read Only Memory, welcome. Hello. He arrived and I felt the place lifted, didn't it? It did. And Steve arrived. That's what I do. And now we're banging and swearing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all going to be okay. It's going to be <gasps> fine. Um, it's been it's been an awful week, hasn't and, it? And um, I responded to that in the only way, only only way I could think of, which is just to hibernate. I'm I'm not consuming media or social media Quite for right. the next two weeks just to see what happens, see how it makes me feel. Uh, it's interesting, it's but a- it gives me nothing to do. <laughs> I open up a browser tab and I'm like, well, here we go. Oh. <laughs> I I've gone the opposite way. I've um I've started listening to more and more uh, podcasts and uh I was listening to one the other day and um the guy introduced it and he said hello uh this is the, the name of the show and he says uh, but it was also a radio show and he said oh. um so he said um you know uh, I'm broadcasting on the world's greatest radio station. Uh. And in my head I was like shut up that's Resonance 104.4 <laughs> FM and he went Resonance 104.4 yeah. FM. He did. I had no idea. So I was re- listening to Navarro Radio uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know. So I, you know, I'm I'm looking for reassurance that it's going to be okay, Steve. You're just prepared to. to I, so are you just just assuming that it's going to be, or do you not want not want to know? I just think it's nice for a second not to be surrounded by people telling you the terrible things that are happening happening and what terrible things might happen. 
And in two weeks' time, I'm just going to go in and go, all oh, right, so all of that terrible stuff did happen. Well, here we are. <laughs> I'm going back into my hole for okay. two weeks. No banging, no swearing. What are you missing the most? Uh, well, I've had to open a document called, <laughs> called Twitter, <laughs> which is Excellent. which is just which I just go to go right. I really want to say this, so I'll go and write right. it there. Um, well, I'm, I'm really missing that. I'm, I tell you what, I'm really missing is there is no you know back in the days of MSN when you used to oh, just bum around on MSN and talk to people. There is no equivalent of that anymore. There's G chat. It doesn't work. They've broken it because you can't really tell who's online yeah. and who isn't anymore. Yeah. So that's broken. Skype is rubbish. It, it is doesn't rubbish. work most of the time. Yeah. I'm missing talking to people because that's what I guess Twitter. I use Twitter for these days. Well, maybe one day you know you could uh, you could reflect on your document. You could put it into a book. <laughs> could be yeah, successful as our guest I'll publish it we can, exactly we can pitch that uh, welcome back Darren thank hey. you this is the it's fourth, my fourth, fourth time you that must be a record do I qualify as friend of the show now I, yeah, no, well, I, think, I think you just are the show yeah, okay. exactly <laughs> they say you only play one life left four times <laughs> Exactly. Uh, thanks for coming back on. We're here to talk about your latest book. Yeah, I've got three for you here. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so we can open it live on air. Oh, fantastic. Oh, wow. And it I... it smells great, so Does... I've kept them all sealed. <laughs> oh, I'm so looking forward. So this one's about the Bitmap Brothers, right? Yeah, what's that's it, right. So what's its full title? It's called the Bitmap Brothers Universe. Okay. So it tells the story of the Bitmap Brothers story, and uh, it's full of archive material, right. full of uh, screen grabs and unreleased games, things like that. Very excited to delve into that. Yep. Uh, but before we do, we've got the little matter. It's different this week. Different. I was going to say we're going to start the show as we always do, but we no. So the headlines, the headline is the show is going to be the same. Yeah. But the content, we're only having good news this week. Good news guaranteed. Good news guaranteed. Okay. Five stories, all good. on Monday the 14th of November. I'm Anne Scanthbury and this is the good news. Tim Sweeney, the founder of Epic Games, has paid $15 million to protect 7,000 acres of wildland in North Carolina. As well as being CEO of the company responsible for Unreal and the Gear series, Sweeney is a conservationist in his spare time. This donation to the US Fish and Wildlife Service will block any kind of development on Box Creek Wilderness, one of the most ecologically diverse areas in the state. The area isn't currently open to the public, so no chance of it becoming an IRL firewatch sim. Well done, Tim yeah. Sweeney. Well done, Tim Sweeney. Um, that is good news. It is good news. And what I liked about your approach to this news uh, was very similar to an approach I've seen uh, by Guardian journalist Keith Stewart. Oh, really? Who um, I've noticed on occasion has had something to write about. So the, the um, Alan Rushberg has called up and said, Keith, I need you to, to do something that's relevant to this. Keith goes on Facebook and goes, hey, does anybody know? <laughs> does any, has anybody does got examples well. of this? It does it on Twitter as well. Yeah. And, then it, and then it ends up. And you, you, I saw you source this story yeah. from well, the I Facebook. I actually already had this story, <laughs> but okay. uh, ben, it was ben did uh, send it in as well. But this was the one that kicked it off for me. And I thought, that's a really good news story. I'm definitely going to include that. Wait, I don't want that just to be the final news story. Let's only have good news. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well done, Tim. That's Do we great. think that this might influence Epic's game development in the future? Maybe a couple of uh, Tim well, Sweeney Forest Sims. Well, or is it a sign that they're going to buy Amazon's engine? 
which is called Lumberjack. That would be awful. Go in there, <laughs> cut it all down, <laughs> set up, set up a, a Gears of War theme park inside right. there. Yeah. It'd be lovely. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe he's just done it out of the kindness of his heart. Um, this is, uh, he's done this quite a few other times. He's, uh, he has bought over the years 40,000 acres uh, of stuff. Wow. Stuff land uh to con- to conserve um so yeah uh didn't leslie benzies from rockstar uh conserve church is that right uh a few years ago okay i believe I'm, i may have got all of those details wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was sam house <laughs> and he blew, he blew off a petrol station <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh so yeah those are examples we're we're uh, we're listened to by uh, uh the, the development community are we yeah perhaps they could write in and tell us what they're going to conserve yeah, what next Nikatsumi is to be made into a film. The live action movie will follow a young author who struggles with writer's block after having some success. He moves to the country and makes friends with a cat, which is the answer to literally any problem. The film will be out next year, but unfortunately it looks like it'll only be released in Japan. That's okay though, because if we can't afford to fly everyone to Japan, we'll just film my weekly struggle to write the news and how my cat helps me through it and stick it on YouTube. <laughs> That's good news. Good news. Yay. Well done. Yeah. Uh, did you did you think that it could become a film when you two were playing it? Did not. No. no. Didn't think that about Battleship either. Right. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> true, true enough. Uh, but now it's becoming a film. What other media do you, do you think that it could uh, it could appropriate? Um, I think it could become um, uh, a soap. Okay. Well, because it's got a continuing cast of characters who return every time you put down some food slash turn on the television, um, you know, and maybe they'll be fighting over which toys they want, which treats they're going to eat, um, tubs. I mean, classic tubs. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what it could be? What? It could be a cafe, couldn't it? Oh, it could be a cafe. A Nikatsumi cat cafe. Yeah. That'd be good. Is that a form of media? The cafe, I, I guess. So, yeah, <laughs> I do. I do all my greatest work in the ca- in the cafe genre. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what else it could be. Uh, theme park. Right. There Again, we go. not not necessarily media. <laughs> it could be a book. Are we are we read we read by the media uh, community. Maybe you could write in and tell yeah. us what media. What, what, what is, is media? media? <laughs> A selection of games will be donating some of their sales to War Child. Democracy 3 and 1979 Revolution Black Friday will be donating money from sales for a selected time. World of Tanks is selling packs of peace emblems for players to wear. And Verdun 1914 will sell a Christmas Truce DLC on Steam. War Child's Armistice is a fundraising campaign that encourages peaceful gameplay to help children affected by conflict. And if you don't want to play any of those games, you can just donate directly to War Child. Hold up. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) One of those isn't like... The others, is it? World of Tanks. <laughs> yeah. World of Tanks. Yeah. <laughs> tanks. Right. Yeah. Oh, because you've got to be old to drive a tank, don't you? So it's not about so no affecting children. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this is a, a charity set up to encourage peaceful gameplay. Yes. World of Tanks. <laughs> <laughs> but they're s- they are selling peace emblems. Oh, well okay. Then. Is that, hang on. Yeah. In World of Tanks. In World of Tanks. <laughs> they just fire ping pong balls. Right. Can yeah. you, buy, you buy what white, white flags? <laughs> Can you? Yeah. Gosh, rather than shooting each other today, why don't we just? Yeah, that's going to go well, isn't it? Yeah. Look at that tank over there with a peace emblem. <laughs> I know. Don't shoot. <laughs> Let's wind down the window and give them a wave, shall we? It's got a tanks. good heart. It'll be, it'll be fine, said someone. Right. Yeah, it is. Um, 
so this is what a very good news story because money is going to charity. Oh. It's a bit weird that it's all the war ones. <laughs> Um, um, there was a compilation out recently yeah. uh, in the summer. The War yes. Child helped the game. We covered Digital that. Can contribute. Buy that instead. Yeah, go, I mean, I'd buy say. everything. Buy, or as well, if you want to go into World of Tanks and have a peaceful process, <laughs> let, just <laughs> let us know how it goes. Like, could be a new feature, couldn't it? <laughs> go, into, go into military games and yeah, just, try and calm them down. Yeah, come in peace, we could call it. <laughs> and then you could, yeah. If you, you want to do that for us, let us know. Um, team at OneLifeLeft.com Kirby minigames have been found at an auction in Japan. The minigames Cannonball, Circular Ball, Arrange Ball and Pachinko from Kirby's Toy Box were collected after preservationists put out a call for help in getting the games. One of those involved, Frank Zafaldi, told Kotaku it's basically impossible to to preserve all of these games. The only way they exist is on their temporary cartridges is if they happen to be uh, the last game someone played. The games will eventually be made available to play through emulators. I don't understand. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me. What don't you understand? <laughs> the last game someone played on the cartridge, right? Uh, so the cartridges would be rewritten. So these games oh. were available uh, to download uh, over satellite. Ah. Uh, and so if it wasn't the last game that was on the cartridge, it would, it would have, been have been wiped. wiped Which format was this? NES? Uh, this was N64. I think it was. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So I think it was the SNES. Okay. Uh, and it was from the Super Famicom's Satellaview. Oh, yeah. Ah, right, I see. And these were official Nintendo games yeah. that yeah. were sort of... Mini games. Not preserved at their end. No. Nope. Not preserved in the cloud because that wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing then. I want to record Top of the Pops is what they were saying <laughs> at Nintendo. Have you got any cartridges? <laughs> I'll just tape over that one. Yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah, so of these, uh, so there were 10 games in this particular uh, mini game set and I think only two of them had been preserved before. So this is doubled. <laughs> Are they any good? The range go. ball. No, wait, Do you think that sounds doubled. good? More than doubled. Two to four. <laughs> two to six. Anyway, are they any good? Yes. <laughs> why would they bother otherwise, right? That's that's a good point. Yeah, why would they bother? But now we've got them. Are they considered preserved? Um, so now I think what they will, uh, the preservationists will be doing their best to preserve them. How? Uh, by I well, we talked about Frank. Uh, we talked to Frank about this a lot on our GDC podcast. Are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Loads. Just checking. So how are they going to be preserved? I mean, they're going to carefully open up. <laughs> the cartridge and whisper into it come on come out little one mm. and then it'll jump into a new computer done well, what's what's best preserving this or tim sweeney's forest <laughs> Ooh, interesting isn't it because yeah. one's culture and one's nature right what do you prefer <laughs> which is your favorite chur <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe they're just going to let the game run loose in tim I sweeney's wild forest oh, let ah. them run free finally, PlayStation Europe wants you to name a bear. No, not a real bear, a pretend bear that will star in a new PS4 desktop theme. The bear is on a bicycle and is riding through various different weathers past a mountain and is probably no danger to anyone. PlayStation Europe has already said that Barry McBearface has been rejected, so you may have to think outside the box. We'd suggest Bearak Obama, but we don't want to start crying again. What are we going for then? What's the official One Life Left choice? Lance. What? No. It's just the conviction you did it with. But yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Best member of NSYNC. True. 
Didn't get into space, though. Didn't get into space. No. So he could get onto a bear. Oh. Uh, what do we think? Just call it One Life Left, Ollie. right? Ollie. Oh, yeah. Oh, very good. Oh. Mm. Oh. We could pretend we were doing it because we like PlayStation Network game Ollie Ollie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but secretly. That's also I mean, available like that on Xbox One and Wii U, Steve. Oh. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> well, we're just doing it for us right. then. Oh, right, Simon. <laughs> uh, anything else? Is, is this good? This Have is... we never noticed Ollie before? No, I think this is ten the years. first time. Ten years, guys. <laughs> ten, ten years. <laughs> and it, all it's taken is five good news stories. <laughs> yeah. uh, th- I was very impressed with that, Anne. Yeah, I think it yeah. changes the world. Yeah. What's the, out- what's the outlook? I mean, I'm, you know, I don't want you to move from a, a, a newsreader to a weather forecaster, but uh, what's the outlook for next week's news? <laughs> the outlook for next week? Well, um, let's see how things outside of the bubble are looking. <laughs> <laughs> and that will surely affect uh, how we read things. I don't recommend it. No. Thanks, Anne. just remembered <laughs> you listen to one life left on resonance 104.4 fm and simon's just remembered something yes yeah and i think i know what you just right exactly good, yeah yeah i miss leo tam <laughs> <laughs> i am uh, so as part of my sort of away from media and social media mm. um I, this is apropos of nothing right. i had to go to the gym the other day of course you did have you ever been on a gym induction Oh, many yeah. years ago. Have you ever had a gym induction? They probably took one look at you and said, "You don't. What are you doing here, mate?" They're quite high stress, um, and uh, I, I, you know, got to the end of the induction. It had all gone okay. Taught how to use use the machines, and um, 
And the guy who was inducting me was quite a stern guy. He'd already rolled his eyes quite a lot at me uh, during the process. He said, uh, he said, so you, you run. You run a lot, do you? Do you warm down at the end of your running? And I panicked. <laughs> I panicked. I lied and I went, yeah, of course, of course, mate. Of course, course I do. <laughs> not an, you're not an amateur. And he said, he said uh, so what exercises do you do to warm down? Mm. Oh. And I thought, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I don't know. Star so jumps. I just went, I just do that one, you know, where you, you, <laughs> you lie on the mat and you, you stretch out. Because I thought maybe stretching out is a thing. And he went, show me. <gasps> oh no. In the packed gym. No. So I just, I thought maybe it'll come to me, muscle memory. And I just lay down on the mat like a starfish. <laughs> and, <laughs> and pulled your trousers and I was down. Just like, I was just like, play it. And after about too long, maybe 20 to 30 seconds, he went, get up. <laughs> And he uh, he showed me how to warm down, so that was my week. Um, Show us then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cut this bit out of the podcast. (laughs) You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. It's good news week. Good news week. Good news. Darren Wall's here. It's good news, isn't it? Hello. Darren, back, Darren. When was the last? So when was the last time you were here? The last time I was on was uh, with Alex Wiltshire to talk about Britsofts and oral history, which would have been like oh, like over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. How did that do? It went really well, yeah, really well. It was Critical Smash. Right. Yeah, everyone seemed to really like it. Good. It was quite a weird book, because it was 125,000 words. That's right. Like, no screenshots, no kind of anything like that. It was just very kind of uh, academic, I suppose. But yeah. yeah, I've done a Critical Smash this year as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Have they're... you warmed down? Yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're great to work on from a personal point of view. From a financial <laughs> point of view, the Critical Smash is. Critical right. Smash. You got it. Um, but your, it's your um, the way that you publish books is that you you you, you already know that they that, that, that there's an audience for them, don't yeah, you? Because they sort of yeah. tend to be uh, uh, crowdfunded initially. Yeah, mostly crowdfunded. Okay. Yeah, and we've got like um, you know, we've kind of gathered an audience from all the books we've done in the past. Um, so I think people know what to expect when we when we do a read only memory book. Right, it's like a certain kind of approach, okay. which is a really nice position to be in because I think we can be a bit more experimental or a bit more kind of um, indulgent with our books now, and people won't be surprised. Or what number is this? Number four. This is number four. Number four okay, yeah. cool. And this is uh, all about the Bitmap Brothers. Yeah, the Bitmap Brothers universe. We called it. Okay, so um, uh, did they feature in the Britsoft book? Yeah, they yeah they do. Mike Montgomery yeah. from the Bitmap, one of the founders of the Bitmap Brothers, yeah. is in there, um, and it kind of hints at some of the things that are in the book, which okay. is. Uh, it's written by Duncan Harris, who is also Dead End Thrills, yep. um, who makes fantastic uh, in-game photography. Um, and I knew that he was a bitmaps obsessive as well, like for a while. Uh, so I thought he'd be the perfect writer for it. Um, and he's been incredibly forensic putting the book together. Like we've got the most amount of interviewees we've ever had, it's like 40 plus wow. interviewees for the book. So uh, no stone left unturned. It tells the whole story right up until right. their demise in the kind of 3D era. We should put them into context, I'd imagine. And do you yeah. know who the Bitmap Brothers were? I honestly no idea. Right, oh, really? so they... Uh, Back in the 80s, I guess, is when yeah, was late, it? 80s. late 80s. Late 80s. Um, back when, I mean, Nigel Farage will be <laughs> harking back to these times. So this is when Britain ruled the waves when it came to uh, making computer games as they were then. And the Bitmap Brothers, I, I guess it would be, uh, wouldn't be unfair to say, were the first uh, game developer rock stars. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, so when you mentioned you were coming on the show, you tweeted that 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 picture of the Bitmap Brothers. Yeah, wearing the Ray Bands with the Ray Bands. <laughs> they look like Echo and the Bunnymen, essentially. Right, and that was the thing that sort of made them. Wasn't yeah. it? that was their image for a bit. Which is so up until then, it had just been pictures of developers in bedrooms. I mean, there's pictures in the Sensible Software book that we did of them like making pasta in the kitchen and like playing guitars that are badminton rackets and things like that. Like it was very kind of just kids in bedrooms. And the Bitmap Brothers were the first team to court an image. They kind of put themselves 
themselves out there like Depeche Mode. So they'd be standing in long coats with Ray-Bans on, <laughs> not looking at the camera. There's a famous shot of them in front of Robert Maxwell's helicopter on the top of a building in bomber jackets. Uh, and they were just the first people to do this. And it, it like nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Uh, whose idea was that? Uh, it was, so th- I think it was a, a last minute knee-jerk thing that they found out that Ro- Robert Maxwell's hel- hel- helicopter was on the top of a building and ran up and got a shot. Okay, so, but, so, so, but whose idea was it to sort of consciously brand them like that? Uh, yeah, so uh, Alison Beasley talks was about it? that in the book. Yeah, uh, okay. It was, it, so the first shot of them kind of posturing was supposed to be a bit of a, a kind of uh, a Mickey take of kind of like the, the idea of what a rock star game would, would be, a rock star game developer would be. But actually, everyone just took it deadly seriously. So they kept courting <laughs> that image and sort of made sure they wore sunglasses and looked super cool in all of their pictures. And was that for the first game that they did? They did that around Zenon 2. Okay. Last. Yeah, uh, so. what, was, what, was their, what was their first game? The first was game was Zenon, yeah, yeah, in 88. Okay. Um, and that was published by Mirasoft, was um, it? Yeah, oh, hence, hence the Robert Maxwell. I think would have been Zenon. Oh, wow. But yeah, then it went to Mirasoft. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And then Virgin Interactive That's did right. some stuff when Mirasoft went okay. uh, into the water. So they went from Zenon. What was the second? Uh, the second game after Zenon would have been Speedball, the right. first Speedball. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then on to Zenon two. So these were um, like proper hits back in the day. Mm-hmm. On what format was Zenon? They were developed for Atari ST, and then yeah, right. they were they were sixteen bits, so Atari okay. ST and Amiga. Okay, and then later conversions to SNES and Mega Drive. And right. they were cool. They were cool. They were cool. They were that cool. was the thing. It wasn't just that they were hits, right? They were cool uh, yeah. in a in a way yeah. that video games. I guess maybe you would say Grand Theft Auto sometimes has a bit of that sort of edginess, but Grand Theft Auto is too big now to be in that same world. It did feel a bit like a a record, an album or something. And just like a musician or like a band would curate a sound, you know, kind of like use a guitar sound or mix it with a sort of synthesizer to try and get a distinctive sound. Their games like had a texture, they had a feel to them. Mm. Like they used um, their their artist Dan Malone was a 2000 AD obsessive, and he curated these worlds almost like bibles for games before he even started designing them. So they just looked like a, a sort of like the film of a movie that didn't exist almost. And the music was really considered. They were using dance music, hip hop music that gamers had never heard before because yeah. it yeah, was just kind the, of out of them. They're the first um, Gods and Zen and Two, the yeah. first two. Games I remember where I thought, oh my goodness, this is music. Yeah, yeah. this well, is Mega you know, Blast. Yeah, and two and, and into, into the, the wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, which are you right. know tracks that I can still remember today and that felt like not like video game soundtrack. Yeah. not like they felt like oh my goodness, this is this is something else. Yeah, you were kind of tapping into another part of culture. Yeah. Um, like the God soundtrack was by John Fox, who was in Ultravox. Right, and Xenon uh, Two Mega Blast's theme was um, Hip Hop in Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, uh, by Bomb the Bass. So these yeah. were kind of like almost underground sort of ideas in themselves been put into video games so that's kind of what makes the Bitmap Brothers unique that they were kind of bringing things together that had never been brought together before How did the three of them come together? Uh, they So Eric Matthews was a uh, RCA sculpt uh, sculpting graduate. Steve Kelly was a coder already, and Mike Montgomery worked in Woolworths as a um, as a. That's uh, what you look for. When <laughs> exactly. you're making a, I should say a super group. <laughs> exactly. We need yeah, and so and then he went on to code, uh, and they got together. They were doing freelance jobs, and then got together and came up with the idea of doing Xenon, and that kind of led to them coming together and calling themselves a bit my brothers. And what did you learn about those early days? Like, like, did they have any idea of how big they were becoming? Like, did they did it change their behaviour? This exposure that they. They got uh, I think the 
the template of them having that kind of swagger was there right from the beginning. You could tell from uh, like Duncan's research that they were being very intentional about their image and everything else just kind of slotted into place. There's a bit in the book at the start where Mike talks about you don't go into a record store and want to buy a, an Apple record, as in the record label, you want to buy a Beatles record. And so they were very conscious of the way that they would put themselves out there. And that led into everything. I mean, their logo is still really iconic and timeless, the way that they kind of put their games together. Um, and they had approval right from the beginning on all of their box art work as well so they just knew that they were going to curate something and it was that was there from the beginning okay and then so from zenon through to speedball uh how did they change did they did they become more ambitious did they like uh, did, did, did the team grow yeah how did the scope of what they were up to there was a little bit of a sweet spot where they had one artist who was mark coleman who was based in wales and he did all of his work remotely weirdly um eric matthews would get the train and go and see him occasionally but he did things like gods and speedball um in, in wales and would send discs across uh and then they employed dan malone who kind of people associate really closely with the bitmap brothers because he brought this really amazing art style using pixel art uh to the bitmap brothers and he had this you know he talks about it as this way of hiding the pixels of picking color palettes that make everything look like it's uh, running at a higher resolution running at a higher palette than it actually was uh and he just brought this incredible attention to detail with the artwork and you know mark coleman talks about the fact that they would just kind of keep each other up on their game so graphically everything was just on point every you know th- their games compared to things like sort of sensible soccer or kind of kickoff if you compare speedball to that it's just it's kind of out of this world in the amount of attention to detail with the sound design and the graphic design so i think i think when they when they start because uh, they were involved with renegade software one of the yeah. independent publishers as well they were, um, they were one of the founders of that when that was going on when speedball 2 came out chaos engine that was when they were the height of their powers yeah and then this is very similar to the sensible software story right. almost when Beyond that, when kind of things like uh, the PlayStation turn up and PCs and every team sizes needed to get bigger, then struggles set in. And the, the book, for the first time, tells that story about okay. how team sizes would expand and expand. So, um, Chaos Engine Gods, because I, I, uh, I think, was, was their last original game Zed? Uh, no. Well, yeah, so most people think of Zed as being the last game, but there was Zed 2, Steel Soldiers. Okay. There was a game called World War II Frontline Command. And there were lots of aborted efforts to make other games as right. well. So we, we we show those games and talk about that. And there was there were other place to, uh, there were other um, speedball games after that as yeah. well. Speedball Arena, yeah. Speedball Twenty One Hundred, things like that. What do you think it was about the transition then from sort of uh, from computers to, to consoles and in particular three D? Because as you mentioned, Sensible Software appeared to have struggled with it. We we lost the bitmaps along the way as well. Yeah. And you know, actually, that's where Nigel Farage gets very upset. It's <laughs> <laughs> losing our influence in the world of uh, game design but uh yes i mean it's a similar thing but mike montgomery in the book has like a really great stat which is that when they made xenon the first game they had an advance for twenty five thousand pounds uh and they made a profit on that and then by the time they were doing steel soldiers so this was like 96 97 it cost more than that twenty five thousand pounds a day to run the studio and they were trying to keep everything afloat and they were just the industry was changing quicker than they could and you know it's been sort of said over and over again that the british game industry kind of didn't see it coming and i think they were kind of caught up in that raft and at the time as well there were fractures in the team so between eric matthews and steve kelly and mike montgomery there were there were kind of uh, there were relationship problems if you like between the the three of them Uh, and that kind of like dream team uh, chemistry that they had was beginning to break apart as well. Add to that, you know, employing tons of 3D freelancers and yeah. learning out how to actually make these games. Um, as you see in the book, it kind of it just kind of like 
crumbles you know, helplessly from them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. what what are the odds on a reunion tour then? Just <laughs> people, that's what's happening, yeah, right? People are yeah, getting back yeah, together. That's right. yeah. Just one more. Yeah. One the Big Man Brothers musical retirement fund. Yeah, uh, getting back. No, so um, as far as I know, I mean, Eric Matthews isn't involved in the book, uh, and since it's it, it, why not. So it was since the dissolution of the Bitmap Brothers, yeah. st- as far as I know, Steve Kelly and Because Eric Matthews, Matthews followed me on Twitter at the weekend. Did he? He, he followed did. me last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. As we established last time, the very handsome uh, He's Eric very, Matthews. very handsome. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did that as a kind of veiled threat. Well, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know he had nothing. I thought, yeah. oh, we must well, know that Darren's coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I bumped into Eric uh, a few months ago, Richard Bates' birthday party, actually. He's, oh. And he's still as handsome as ever. Of course, right, yeah. Uh, so as far as I know, from, from, from the uh, the breakup of the Bitmap Brothers, you know, that, that, that was it. You know, Okay. Their relationship, so right, uh, and you know, Eric didn't want to be involved in the book, and uh, we've done our best to t- tell that story. And thankfully, Eric comes across like a you know, um, everyone speaks very highly of working with Eric, right? Uh, and you know, almost people talking about him kind of elevates that that kind of like the creative process and the yeah. way that he worked. People talking about him sort of sat up on a uh, on a chair with his legs on the chair, smoking his cigarette, and very carefully kind of like clicking pixels into place. Right. Uh, you know, that kind of attention to detail comes across that he was a real Water, basically. So um, you mentioned forty interviews. What sort? Wh- who? Who's? Who's got involved in this? Uh, so uh, Graham Boxall was somebody who came uh, okay. up before. There's a great story about uh, Mike Montgomery chasing Graham Boxall out of uh, an office with a two by four and some in his underwear. Right. So you can look forward to that. <laughs> uh, we've got um, Mizuguchi is in it, the creator of Res, uh, who kind of like bookends the uh, the story. Right. Because uh, he talks about Xenon two being like a, a, one of the biggest influences for him uh, in gaming, and actually kind of that mixture of visuals and audio kind of makes perfect sense and right. got it imported in Japan so yeah. kind of really interesting that it, it reached beyond these shores uh, and we've got uh, Dennis Wedden from uh, Denneton as well uh, the artist of right. Hotline Miami yeah, yeah. who talks about the influence that the bitmaps had on him huh. as well uh, he, uh, he says that Denneton kind of based themselves they based themselves on that kind of bitmaps image you know they want to curate their games right. and that was kind of like the fallout of that so huh. it's nice to have the legacy I, well, I was, was well. going to ask you uh, where you see their games living on um, I've got some copies here I've been told that it's smells really good <laughs> that's, that's like when you send them out on Twitter normally it's like you want to hear like oh it's a great package and like we really like the writing but just basically everyone says it smells great right okay. so I've got some copies here I don't know if you wanted to open them but maybe and like Anne could give it the, the, the yeah, smell um <laughs> Did you do you get the sense then? Because um, I, I, when I, you know, take a moment to reflect on how things used to be, um, <laughs> so much better. Um, do you get the sense that there's any regret that, like, I think of the bitmaps in a similar way to I think yeah, potentially sensible uh, software and others who were almost like the first division footballers before the Premier League yeah. came in and flooded the market with money, and that you had these absolute rock stars, celebrities. And smelling the book. And smelling the book. Um, who, you know, who, who were pioneers, were ahead of their time, should have had it all. You know, the number of people I know that ran Activision, uh, <laughs> like, like, and, 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 and now they're still, like, they're still working, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, whereas, you know, you've got Bobby Kotick getting $3 million bonuses, you know, uh, or even more, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, so do you get any sense of regret? Because um, Eric's at Sony. Eric's at Sony, yeah. Mike really is still, he's still... Doing yeah, he's still stuff, coding. isn't he? Yeah, and he owns the Bitmap Brothers, okay. uh, the, the company, the IP. Right. Uh, and as, as far as St- I know that Steve still works as a coder, okay. but I'm not quite sure.
quite sure what he's doing. I mean, like Andy Braybrook, who made Iridium mm. and Nebulas, he's, he's, he went into insurance. And yeah, he does IT for insurance. Right. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> did, did you get the sense that there's, uh, that there's any regret about what happened? Would they have done things differently? It's it, a pattern, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why that era was so kind of like abrupt and why, you know, so many people weren't able to continue into the next generation. But I think, you know, speaking about Eric, like he like went straight to Sony yeah. and kind of like he's built up what he's built up there is amazing yeah. so like I think he saw the, f- the future for him was in that era and kind of ushering in talent um, but yeah I think it's I think there was almost kind of like uh, we'd mastered the art of 16 bit to the degree that it was just a complete start again to move to 3D yeah. almost like when you play Bitmap Brothers games they they are like solid they feel really well tuned they are they are 2D games so kind of like to start again with that model in 3D was almost kind of like well that's not what the Bitmap Brothers was founded on they're, they're founded on love of arcade games yeah. so I can smell it from here by the way <laughs> I can it's wafting over it's beautiful smell. how can people get hold of this uh, it's available from our website readonlymemory.vg it's just been published. Brilliant. I can't wait to get stuck in. Um, take, take a sniff of this. <laughs> I can smell it from here. It really genuinely smells, uh, smells wonderful. Um, what's next for you guys? Uh, we've got two books that are already signed. So there'll be one uh, at the end of next year and one at the end of 2018. And there's a few other smaller ones as well. So there's, there's exciting things happening where I hope we can uh, bring smaller books because we're doing these kind of like big yeah, kind of, uh, looks, monolithic books at the lovely. moment. It was our 10th anniversary. This, <laughs> this right. year. There we go. Right. Things like that. <laughs> can you give us any clues about any potential subject matter? Or? Um... I don't think I can say anything, which is really boring, isn't it? But yeah, what colour is it? Oh, um, oh, oh, green. Oh, perfect. Mm. Darren, always a pleasure. Can't wait to have you back on. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, uh, thank you. Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left Local News. Well, the unthinkable has happened. Ganondorf has been elected as the leader of Hyrule. His relentlessly negative campaign struck a chord with all the villager NPCs who voted for him in record numbers. And Princess Zelda failed in her attempt to become Hyrule's first ever female president. Whilst the polls were predicting a win for her, some voters felt that she was already part of the political system, which was fairly obvious as her dad is the king. There was also an element of controversy to her campaign as she wrote messages to her friend Link on her personal scroll rather than using official methods. But really, most people were upset that a woman tried to be the main character in a franchise for once. Either way, Ganondorf is now our leader, so he can start building a wall to prevent wolves, Deku scrubs and Gorons from illegally entering his lands. If only we had hit quick save before this election started. Thanks and back to your usual programming. I was so engrossed in the book, I forgot to hand the letters out. Uh, Take one, pass it on. Uh, Thank you so much for your letters. We didn't have to uh, beg. Uh, We sent a few codes out as well this week. Did you notice to people that have been emailing in during the week? Now and again, we'll reward you with free copies of games. This week is not that week. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, it's, Henry it's Barnes, nice. who writes in and says, Hello, team and super special guests. I can't be the only one who'd rather turn away from all the screens showing the horror, the horror, to a screen showing a fun, bright world that, importantly, I can control. So, what's the happiest game you've ever played? And... Is Trump a gamer? If so, what does he play? Thanks for all the shows you managed to make before we all fell off into the pit. Bye, says Hen. I have been playing uh, Crazy Taxi. Oh, I thought about doing that again recently, actually. This, this week. I'm not sure what drove me to... Right. I just got a real urge, and I was like, I wonder if that's on Steam. And it is on Steam, so I installed it. But... It's had all the uh, music changed because they no, don't have the, the, the so you don't get the yeah 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 <laughs> uh, thing. Except someone brilliant on YouTube has stuck a link in the comments uh, where you can download a patch which puts uh, the music back in, yeah. turns the blood red, and uh, and yeah, that's super fun and bright. And I guess all of those Sega Blue Skies uh, Dreamcast early Dreamcast era. Well, yeah. all of Dreamcast era's early Dreamcast era games, they're, they're super happy, and I love them. The game I've not been able to play, which I remember as being uh, cheerful, I've, uh, it's not being emulated particularly well on anything I have at the moment, is uh, Rodland. Do you remember playing? Oh, Rodland yeah, was great. Yeah, wasn't that? Yeah. yeah. Something very satisfying. Uh, sort of essentially tasering an enemy uh, and, and then bashing it over the head like that. Boop, 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 boop. It was all adorable. The yeah. happiest yeah. memories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any more to add? Um, what, things like Dance Dance Revolution, uh, they're happy because they create happy memories and uh, you're playing them sometimes by yourself, but you know, you've got some banging music going on. Uh, that's a happy time, isn't it? Dancing around. Yeah. Darren, anything to add? Happy memories. Uh, okay. Super Hexagon, I'd say. That's a happy place for me. Is it? Yeah. Is it? I miss so many, so many cheap stops playing that. Do you happily. not just feel stressed by it? <laughs> I've literally that almost gone around the circle line just in a, in a <laughs> happy days. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, and is Trump a gamer? So what does he play? Playing with all of our lives. Hey, oh. We are just one big sim. Hello, team. Hello, super special guest, writes Weasel Spoon Robert Wells. Hello. On Tuesday, I hid out in the Camden People's Theatre to watch another instalment of Beta Public, a night about the edges of gaming and performance. There was a nightmare about drinking cocktails and Harry Potter fanfic and poetry about Clyde the Orange Ghost. But one of the games beforehand was the strangest thing. David Kanaga's OIKOS Book One is a rambling, incoherent play on the Orpheus myth, where you play a dog sometimes and have to climb a mountain, or unionize the spiders, or distract a shooting, or find a gem to pass the troll, or run around on the desktop of the game dev looking for the next piece of music. To be honest, I have no idea what was going on, but I was thoroughly enjoying it. What's the oddest game you've ever played? Pip Pip! Roberts. <laughs> Oddest game. Oh. I have two answers to this, but I read it out, so it feels wrong to... Go. Just do it. Um, I don't know about Oddest Game, but I do know about um, about a host of games you should be playing, many of which you would consider odd. Um, Stephen Lavelle's site, uh, increpair.com, there's brilliant, brilliant works there. Uh, I said, showed some of my students Slave to God this week, and it gave them all headaches, which was excellent. <laughs> Um, and also um, the Catamites site, HarmonyZone.org, is brilliant. Again, full of brilliant and weird video games. You should definitely explore both of those places. Uh, they're full of very, very odd, fantastic works. I'll add one that straddles the last question, actually, and uh, it unites the two letters. Um, Incredible Crisis. 
Also brilliant. Yes. Very, very good. Uh, Robert does go on to say, in a PS sent separately, Dear super special guest, I'm two chapters into Bitmap Brothers <gasps> Universe and it smells so good. <laughs> he doesn't say that. I'm loving it. I wish I had a request for your next book that you'd magically make, but I am happy for now. For now. Thank you so much. For now. Uh, dear team and especially SSG first off I back the Sensible and Bitmap books on Kickstarter they're really lovely things and everyone should buy them what I'd like to know is if you were forced to go back in time and join either Sensible Software or the Bitmap Brothers which one would you choose and why this conundrum keeps me awake at night I know it's an unlikely turn of events but with the way the world is going who can say it definitely won't happen eh Um, I think I'd choose Sensible because their games were more fun you must choose and that's from Tony Tough one. I want to be cool. I've just heard how yeah. cool they are. Of course, I want to be cool. Hmm. That is tricky, isn't it? it you must choose. Really difficult. I'd, yeah, I'd go bitmaps. I think my Sorry, opinion on John. this has changed as I've I've got older. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go sensible okay. because I, as I, in, it was bitmaps, but now you've got older. I agree with this this point that I think I just found Sensible's games more fun. Yeah. But, I, you know, there was nothing cooler than Bitmap Brothers games. I used to play them obsessively. I was terrible at them as well. Uh, gods, hard, really gods, hard. But God's claimed hard. that it balanced itself based on your yeah. skill, which was really depressing because I still couldn't right. do it. <laughs> it, 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 it. Is that true, Darren? Do they mention that? Did it actually balance itself? Yeah, it, uh, it reacts to your play style okay. in terms right. of the way it generates yeah, sorry, en- uh, enemies and the way they Maybe behave. I was just too good. It just saw me the start, it was like, you're amazing, you're not getting off the first level. <laughs> uh, I'd have to go bitmaps. Yeah, I think the, this is the book I always wanted to do. Like, Read Only Memories almost born out of just courting Mike Montgomery <laughs> and making, sort of letting him make wow. me this, make this book. So, okay. yeah. Great maps. question. Uh, Darren, you've got a letter. I do, yeah. Uh, dear team and uh, SSG, I recently uh, celebrated turning 30 and received a beautiful pair of noise-cancelling headphones from my friends. I've started to use them to play games and I'm hearing things I never knew were in the soundscape, such as the wind in Destiny or the satisfyingly deep bass in Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Are there any games that I definitely have to try out with my newfound hearing powers? Love and kisses, Chris Stewart. Well, you have um, some games that are audio-only games, mm. which are probably uh, yeah. quite good. Yeah. So, uh, what's that? Papa Sangra yeah. um, is one. Yeah. There's others. There are others, aren't there? There are. Others are available. Yeah. <laughs> what are they? Yeah. Maybe go back through old NES games and discover if there's anything buried in the soundtrack, things that people have never heard mm. before. Mm. Might hear, like, Mario narrate his personal diaries as he goes down a pipe or something. <laughs> Sound has also um, impacted on the way that people have been playing. I remember suddenly getting better at driving games when high def came in uh, and you could see the tracks and corners more clearly. But people are using their headphones for in, uh, in, the, in the Call of Duty shooters, Anne, where oh. you can hear where the bullets are coming from yeah. and then you know where the enemy is then. Oh it's what the pro gamers use. Not me. Not, not <laughs> me. No, we're all too busy uh, having peaceful protests. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Shoot me if you want, but I'll be the winner. <laughs> Excellent. Um, we've got one more what? from last week. We had a letter oh, that me and promise. Steve um, failed uh, to read out. Uh, and this is from John Maxwell, who emailed uh, in the week. So okay. special Should we send you. him a code? Yeah, go yeah. on. John, uh, right back in. Let's know what yeah. format you want. Uh, dear team, I recently picked up a Nintendo 3DS and I'm having more fun with the classic games emulated on the Virtual Console 
console than recent 3DS releases. I'm neither a big Mario fan nor a soundtrack aficionado, but to me, there are a few better gaming pleasures than cruising through the coastal-themed world two to one in Super Mario Land for the Game Boy with the headphones on. Oh, similar. Hmm. Uh, what retro game soundtracks do you still hold a fondness for and do they bring back any particularly warm memories? Cheers, John. Uh, loads of soundtracks from uh, the time that we're talking about. Obviously, the bitmaps, Rob Hubbard, uh, yeah. Martin Galway, uh, all of those games. I could, you could play me a snippet of those, and I'll tell you what games or what loading screen they were from. Oh, really? Oh, we should do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'd just be the ocean loader, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. But um, yeah, you know, like whenever I've been driving the desk, it's always been going back to those mm. those uh, those themes and soundtracks. So yeah. I'd, uh, definitely recommend those. I don't think I mentioned the piece of music earlier because I was lost in my gym story. Mm. That was uh, that was earlier, that was Cassie and Defragment from chipmusic.org. Does that mean in about half an hour you're going to answer this letter? Yes. <laughs> so I'm just running behind today. <laughs> no, I think that's, that was an excellent answer. I'm yeah, nothing well further Thanks. Thanks. Okay, good. Uh, thank you very much for your letters. Keep them coming to teamatonelifeleft.com Good time today, <laughs> aren't we? I think I think Spirit it was high. We're, we're delirious. Set the tone with Anne's yes. news, didn't we? Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. Good had a news great day. Guest and a great subject. Yeah. Good. It's all going good well. Letters. Great letters. Uh, this is Ember. It's called Sixteen Bit. Sounds like Sixteen Bit. It's from Chipmusic.org. Anne is currently playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. Caught anything good today? Um. Oh, yes, I um, managed to uh, evolve my slowpoke today. That's not that's not catching something. No, but I walked... That wasn't my question! <laughs> but it's OK, uh, it was a good answer. It's a good answer. Good level answer. 17, no, level 19 now. Well done. Hey! Super happy. Hey! 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 You can talk about this at the Christmas party. No! What do you think about that segue? What do you think wow, about that segue? That good. Yeah, that's cheers. Ten cheers. years of broadcasting cheers. right there. Cheers. <laughs> Uh, we booked uh, tickets to the Christmas party on sale today. The £7.10 plus booking fee, uh, which brings it to £7.99. That will get you a, an alcoholic drink, so you must be over 18. Uh, the itinerary's up there. 
Uh, Where yeah. is it, Simon? It's at Loading Bar in Stoke Newington. Oh, you, you Good question. I'd love to. Great. Yeah. I think how many times have our guests said they'll come and hang yeah. out with us and then not? Mm. We should keep a record mm. of that. If you know the answer, going to end up on a list. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we link to it from the Twitter and it's on Facebook as well. So please do come. Reviews. What have you been playing this week, Simon? I played a load of games this week. Actually, I've been ticking them off. Um, the one I'm going to uh, I'm going to concentrate on. I, I finished the journey mode in FIFA. A little bit disappointed how that ended. Really? Yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, enjoyed it while it last, but unfinished business for me and Alex Hunter, I think. Uh, and I'm not playing FIFA Ultimate Team, no matter. Yeah, it's basically a big advert for FIFA Ultimate Team. Um, I'm not doing it. Sorry, yeah. Uh, I played Orwell, uh, which I really like the sound of. Um, it's a surveillance game. There are quite a few of these at the moment. Yeah. I'm going to be looking at Beholder next week. Uh, but Orwell is one where you are going through people's uh, social media profiles and trying to piece together uh, who was responsible for a terrorist activity. Uh, it's not quite as clever as it thinks it is, sadly. Seven out of ten. Um, yeah, so I was a little bit disappointed by that. The one I was genuinely disappointed with, though, was uh, Titanfall 2. Is it not Everyone's good? Everyone's been I raving. It was to be great. Well, exactly. You, that's what you'd think. Nine out of um, ten. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, now, I've been pretty miserable recently, uh, so I've been not perhaps been giving uh, something the, uh, the benefit of the doubt as much as I should do, but I, I, I loaded up Titanfall yesterday. I played the training level. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, and then I started playing the first level, and I've not played a game like it in a long, long time. It's a game that does not trust its players. Uh, so the, um, I guess the, the, the unique selling point of Titanfall is supposed to be this sort of acrobatic combat where you can wall run and then jump and leap and melee and stuff like that. And um, uh, almost at every stage it seems so far, it's like um, it's showing you where to go. If you stand still for too long, it's, oh, go and do this wall run. But that's not the, I know, I can see if there's a flat piece of wall that you meant to run across it. I have issues with actually doing it. And so this is this was taking me back to the old... The, the dark days of games where you would have to play the same bit over and over again because you're failing it and um, yeah I just it just got annoyed with repeating the same jump four or five times and then finishing that going for another 30 seconds and then falling down into a bottomless thing I didn't like and I thought I'm not going to do something else again I thought I'm not playing any more of this well 7 out of 10 Anne. Uh, I've been playing uh, Letter Quest Remastered uh, which is on PS4 and it is a spelling game. Um, so there's a story, I think, uh, and you are basically going into this, trying to deliver some pizza, and you're going to this haunted house uh, where there are ghosts, and to defeat the ghosts, you have to spell words using the tiles that are in front of you. Uh, so you spell a word, and then that score is how much you uh, hit them down by. Um so you go through and then you get to the boss and uh, you realise you actually need to use some of the gems that you've accrued to buy things like potions and more defence for yourself. Um, and yeah, uh, turns out I'm really good at spelling. Really good at words. Really, really good at words. Um, I, I had a really, really good time with it. It's a cute little game. Um, the soundtrack wasn't annoying. And I really expected it to be annoying. And it wasn't. Um, yeah, and I just raced through it. I just sat and played that for Spelt all the words. Spelt all of them. Got <laughs> right. to the end. They were like, well done. Good. You've done all of them. There the were no words. more words. Uh, I did a really funny thing where I did a naughty word. Did you? And oh, it's oh, the one brilliant. that killed that ghost with and I was like I killed that ghost with my blank eh. 
which made me laugh a lot. And yeah, it was just really fun. Um, and I was, uh, I woke up the next morning dreaming of words. So that's not a bad, not a bad place to be at the minute. Uh, yes, very good. Seven out of ten. It's currently part of PlayStation Plus, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, there you go, Darren. I've been playing an unusual game called Fiery Road, which is a game jam game. Uh, And the conceit of the game is that it's two people who have had a barbecue and they're sat in their garden watching the stars and they have a chat. And it's like five minutes to play uh, and it's branching conversations and it has this sort of amazing hypnotic 3D rotating effect as they chat. Uh, And it's, yeah, it's it's supposed to be a vignette of a conversation and it's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, But it's it's very dreamlike. Where can people get it? Uh, You can download it from uh, the Humble Grove website. If you search for Humble Grove, uh, you can download it from there. Okay. Score? Uh, Oh, I'd give it seven out of ten. I've been playing so many games because I've had nothing else to do when I've been on the internet. So I've been going through my Steam account and playing all the things that I've wanted to play over the last few weeks, uh, including Steven's Sausage Roll, which I've talked about before and absolutely love. I've been playing that for months. I I beat two of the puzzles that I've been stuck on for months last night, so that's super exciting. 7 out of 10. Still, Crazy Taxi, Mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant. Uh, Like, I wish there was a modern equivalent of that that's so bright and fun um although one thing stood out to me the physics is not physics it's just crazy stupid and that's to the game's benefit and i wonder whether that's a problem that these days you would make that game in unity you'd stick unity physics in that and that would make it feel like a unity game which sometimes is appropriate but for crazy taxi it's good that it's twitchy and weird and doesn't matter seven out of ten still been playing meadow which we talked about last week which mm-hmm. i absolutely love seven out of ten play two brilliant puzzle games uh, i think you call it voi where you put black and white black uh, and white no just black shapes over each other to make another shape it's kind of like tangram but they can overlap and when you put black on top of black it makes white thought that was a great mechanic wish I'd thought of it 7 out of 10 and Yankai's triangle uh, which is another really really clever mechanic rotating triangles to make them tessellate it's kind of like trionomos but a bit trippy 7 out of 10 but the game I want to talk about is Sethian um, Sethian is a translation game, which is kind of hip at the moment, what with Arrival uh, being the big Hollywood blockbuster in cinemas right now. Saw that the other day. Wouldn't give it 7 out of 10, but thankfully we're not a movie review right. show. Okay. Um, we are a video game review show. I saw Sethian, uh, where you are facing an alien interface and you have to understand what it means. Uh, translate letters and you talk to an alien what i assume is an alien ai in its language so you type some of these letters in and it gives you letters back in that respect it is like captain blood of the 16-bit era very very stylish video game uh, that i loved back then this is less stylish it's super minimalist the only things you see are this interface and a notebook very very detailed notebook uh, that you keep and that fills out as you understand the meaning of letters and symbols it is like learning a language and it is absolutely as much fun as that <laughs> if you love language and if you love uh, grammar and um you know the science behind language you will love this game it's absolutely brilliant i found it a bit laborious but i found it so so clever and interesting i did enjoy my time with it but i probably won't be getting back to it it was like homework seven out of ten are you not too old to learn anything i found i can only learn things now if tom francis has done a youtube video <laughs> on it <laughs> yeah i did go back into youtube i'm trying to make a sort of match three game myself at the moment went into a match three tutorial i went 
I have to, I've had to go through the first three chapters three times nice. so far and forget everything. Yeah. But you know, that's like a game to seven out of ten. Good. Good. We're at Good. the end of the show. Got two minutes ish. Do we? Any other business? Any other business? Well, we've done. We've covered the Christmas party. Definitely get tickets to that. I want to see you all there, all of, all you, of there. you listeners. Uh, Marioki this Friday. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I've written ten songs. Wow. It's eleven. Uh, if you count the one I wrote. Well, this is what, again, I've nothing to do, so I'm being inordinately uh, productive. I've got the embarrassment now of being billed by Sunfly Karaoke, because it bills you after deliveries. It's like two weeks after you buy them. <laughs> it goes, oh, we're going to bill you for this, like for songs I've still not written. Still not written. <laughs> like, uh, um, yeah, you'll be doing the Dead or Alive that I wrote yeah, for you, hopefully. Yes, yeah. yeah, so um, some, some brilliant new songs, I think, and some songs written by our attendees and listeners as well. If you want to write a Marioki song, just get in touch. But don't do it on Facebook because I won't see you until no. uh, two weeks. Any other business, Anne? <laughs> lights just lights went, just went again. out. Lights here yeah, the second that. time during the show. We hope you're all right out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the studio has gone completely dark for a second uh, or two. No, no other business. Um, let's try and keep the good in video games where we can um, because the rest of the world isn't good at the minute. So if they were video games, they would have good in them, wouldn't they? Let's change it. But they, <laughs> but they don't. <laughs> Simon, what's happened with your development life? Because we haven't heard. I'm waiting for Game Maker this. Two to come out. Right. I don't want to start Are anything you? now. I'm going to straddle. Uh, so I've got Game Maker now. Right. Okay. We're, we're, we're moving off that oh, now, Anne. No. Uh, no. I still do that with it. It's okay. brilliant. Um, I've, I've because I think my next project will take me quite a while. I didn't want to start it in Game Maker One and then move across to Game Maker Two. I bet. Annoying. I have been on the. Oh no, I'm not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> 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 Nothing. Nothing. No. What, what uh, colour is it? <laughs> Green. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, just you know, thinking of a few more ideas. That's good. And maybe one day down and write a book about yeah. it. Hey? hey. Yeah. Let's do it. Thank you so much for coming back on. Been a real pleasure having, having you on. Yeah. Been great. Um, I know maybe we're not quite you know enough for the Bitmap Brothers star thing, but have you ever thought about doing fanzines? A little pamphlet. <laughs> just a little one. A pamphlet. You know, 16 pages. Or a tweet. <laughs> 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 <That'd be fine. laughs> Great, thank you. Uh, so where can people catch up with you, Darren? Where can they follow you? Uh, readonlymemory.vg and uh, we're ROM Alerts on Twitter. Excellent. Brilliant. Thanks, everyone, to l- thank for you. listening this month, this week, forever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll speak to you soon. Bye. See you bye. bye. <laughs>